Concentrate on, on, on the things you can do. And, and the things you can do is you can be present with your family. You can be present with a clerk. You can say kind things to people. You can hold the door open for someone. Instead of concentrating on the things you can't do that leave you powerless, concentrate on the things you can do that gives you your personal power back. And as you change that, I mean, for those of us who believe in the law of attraction, all of a sudden you see yourself being capable rather than incapable. Hello and welcome to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm Georgie Hubbard and I am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings, and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast. And today I am very excited and honored because I'm sat down with Clifton Comody. Clifton is an executive leadership coach and he was recently founded in the 20 Mindful Leaders, leading us into a better 2021. So Clifton, amazing to have you on the podcast today. Why, thank you very much, and uh, congratulations to you also <laughs> for making that list. It's wonderful to make your acquaintance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought, who better to get on the podcast than, uh, you know, one of the, the thought leaders that is going to be leading us into a better 2021. So, look, before we sort of touch on, uh, you know, all of that sort of good pace and mindfulness and what you do and how you're helping people right now, let's take it a step back and, uh yeah, please introduce yourself and go into a bit about your journey and sort of what sort of, I guess, led you to this point in your life right now. Okay. Mm. Um, well, uh, I was the proverbial angry young man when I was uh, high school and early college. And uh, I had a friend who uh, got me playing rugby. So I played rugby. I was kind of one of those people with a lot of angst and uh, uh, went through that, ended up getting a career in uh, hospitality industry and uh, had a couple of beautiful daughters. And at one point when they were both very young, I got really upset and I thought I had a right to just slam the table with my hand. And then I saw these two little girls crying and I was really ashamed of myself. It was one of those turning points in my life. And I got into uh, mindfulness. So I was in mindfulness. I ended up uh, being on the management board of a couple of centers, uh, Dalai Lama's Brothers Center, um, uh, a couple of nonprofits, while I was also in this career in hospitality. And at some point in there where I was working for the Taxter Rinpoche, the Dalai Lama's brother, um, we had these intimate meetings with the Dalai Lama, and at some point I, I said kind of half-jokingly, well, you know, I'm not a monk, I'm a father, and uh, His Holiness said, we don't, we don't need more monks, we need good business people, mm-hmm. and that always stuck in the back of my head, and as I, as I made my career mistakes and life mistakes and everything, that always stuck in the back of my head, and I realized when I started coaching, um, 
that that a lot of times, a lot of people really have a strong desire to do good, whether it's in their company to meet their goals, whether it's uh, just to be a, a better person. But sometimes the process is uh, more important than people in their minds. And they go through life and they make mistakes. They're not mindful. They're not paying attention. And um, I, you know, I got a tryout for the United States Eagles and I always tell people that if I had been meditating, I would have made the national team, but I wasn't meditating and I was too scattered. So I really like right now in my life, I'm at a point where I, I want to help people. I think we're in a totally different, um, time of the world right now. And there's people demand more. It's not a fear-based leadership. Right now, it's more of a heart-centered leadership and a more of a collaboration. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing my best to help that. Yeah, wow. And I just think that you've touched upon something that's really important there, that whole anger, you know, because I think there's a lot of people, especially now, who are angry, who are looking for people to blame. So I'd love to know, like, you you obviously had that outburst of rage and anger, and, and then you sort of discovered mind, mindfulness and the power of that. So what did that sort of journey look like for you? Like from going from this, I guess, you know, this having all this pent up anger to now being, you seem so relaxed and calm. You've got a beautiful energy about you. So what did that journey look like? Because I think pe- we live in a world where people don't want to meditate. They haven't got time. They're too busy, but it, it doesn't happen overnight, right? So what did that journey look like for you? How long did it take you to get to where you are now? And what do you sort of do daily, I guess, to ensure that you don't go backwards and you're always moving forward? Uh, good question. And, and I agree with you. I think there is a lot of angst going on right now. And, um, and it, my, my journey was such that I've gone through different stages in my life where I think we all do where we do our practice, we don't do our practice, and we can sense it. And uh, my, my perfect, wonderful wife, she, I'm trying to get her to meditate all the time. Here I am, I teach meditation or I teach mindfulness leaders. And she's just like, well, I don't think I can do it. And it's like, well, the Buddha had people 2,500 years ago saying, I don't think I can do it. That's always been an argument. I think what happens is after you start meditating a little bit, you start feeling the, uh, the benefits of it. And then it gets to be a point, you know, like you, you know, you go to the gym and all of a sudden, you, you miss going to the gym. You miss doing your 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 meditations. And yeah, I, I meditate maybe 30, 40 minutes a day. But I, I really think the key is throughout your day also making sure you take those moments of transition where you're like being aware of, okay, I'm upset right now. I've got to talk to this person. Let me catch myself and really walk into that situation with the clearest mind I can. Mm, yeah absolutely I think that's really important as well those transitions because I found that if I go from one task straight into a next like it just all sort of seems to just go terribly wrong and I think just taking like six deep breaths in between you know for example before Mm -hmm. I got on the podcast here with you today I took a few deep breaths I centered myself you know I just sent a couple of emails and right now I want to really show up and and do this amazing this amazing interview and I want to be my best and if I had just gone straight from email Georgie to then podcast Georgie like it just requires two different brainwaves almost so I think that's really really powerful so talk to me about the first time that you sat down and decided to meditate because you know I think it's almost like you want to like 
we want to like teach people that like you don't just start meditating all of a sudden you can sit there for 30 40 minutes did you start with just a couple minutes five minutes like what did that journey look like for you yeah i am um, i ended up it was it, i think it was like 10 minutes i had a i i went out after that incident i went out and i got a you know a couple of books i was just so heartbroken in myself and seeing what i did and i just went out and got a couple of books and i kind of read a little bit on the books and i tried to understand it uh then as i would always suggest there's so many teachers right now your teacher can be on youtube your teacher can be your coach your teacher can be a meditation uh, instructor i had this teacher and he said look don't it's better to to really do five 10 minutes tops when you start off just take a little bit of time because then you'll grow to not like it you'll you know it's like working out too much if you just get all your clothes and you buy all your equipment and you go to the gym and you work out for two hours you might never want to go again so it's the same thing with meditation yeah and that's it as well I think we live in a quite an all or nothing world you know like it's like you see people at the start of January join the gym you know they go every day for an hour they pound themselves on the treadmill and then they stop so I think that's really powerful advice like just start by five minutes ten minutes but you soon you're so right you soon start to feel the difference and now when I don't meditate I go oh I, like if you know if I miss a day I'll go I need to go and just take 10 minutes and sometimes 10 minutes is all I need so look you obviously now you, you're teaching leaders you're teaching people about mindfulness so what what do you also see like common patterns so when people come to you why why do they come to you is there like a common theme that you get people saying I want I want to fix this I want to deal with this what sort of some of the patterns that you find that humans have when they um, embark on this mindfulness journey um, there's, there's two parts. I deal with a lot of people coming for coming to solve problems in their business and their personal lives. And, uh, they want to be coached. They want to be coached. Oftentimes it's a transactional situation. I've got this problem at work. Uh, you know, whatever my, my wife wants me to not bring work home with me. Um, uh, I I'm, I'm rude to people. Uh, my, my company's making me get this, whatever. And what ends up happening is, is there, it, it changes from a transactional to a transformational situation where, where the people, you know, this is an outer problem. I've got to, you know, I've got to lower my labor percentage. I've got to decrease food costs, whatever the situation might be. But really, it's an inside thing. Like, what's going on? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to upset this person, or I don't want to be direct with this person. And oftentimes, it's through mindfulness that people discover their limiting beliefs. It's through uh, being mindful that people actually can can remember their goals through the day and who they want to be. So, you know, it's it, it's a myriad of things, but oftentimes it kind of comes back to the inside and changing who they are on the inside. Mm. I, I, completely, I completely agree. And how, how do people go about doing that? You know, I think that there's a lot of people who, you know, they, they want to be better. They want to be more empathetic. They want to be kinder and, you know, more present. But where do they start? Um, a, lot, a lot of it's it happens. I don't, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I remember maybe when I first started out meditating 
And I had a particularly good meditation and I'm a little bit floating and I go into work and people have these issues. And I was, you know, the proverbial Zen out, like, okay, I can deal. No worries. I can take care of this. I can take care of that. It was just bouncing off me. Like I felt like a superhero. Right. Um, and I really think that this is something that, um, naturally happen. So when, when you're mindful and you're doing mindfulness meditation, you, you slow down. And as you slow down and maybe you start doing loving kindness meditation or you start thinking about the other and you no longer come at it like this is me and this is what I want. And hello, I'm here. I'm in your face. And it's it's hi, Georgie. So what's going on here? And without any kind of judgment and without any kind of prejudice, oh, let's figure this out together. And and I think when that happens, it's a it's a it's you you develop empathy naturally. You develop compassion naturally. So. I think it's, you know, it's the fruit of the practice. Mm, I completely agree. And I'd love to get your thoughts on because I, for me, I guess for me personally, when when I began to feel I was being kinder and more empathetic to others was when I began to be kinder to myself. And I did a lot of inner work on forgiving myself for, you know, past things that I've done. And, you know, I was in a sales role for many years. I became very selfish, very money focused. And there was a lot of things that I, wasn't proud of who I was becoming about five years ago and I thought I don't want to become that person I got clear on who I wanted to be so so what what sort of how important is that a part of the journey like do you feel that you need to make time for yourself understand yourself before you can then go and serve and help others what what's what yeah I'd love to hear your thoughts on that yeah um loving yourself and this is something that's been recent on my journey it's been only in the last few years that I heard that, I think being, you know, a Western male, you can, you know, love yourself. No, get to work. Right. (laughs) But I, I just, I don't, I don't believe in that anymore. And I think a lot of that get to work is really a, a, you know, a, a, a skin or a mask to hide, you know, that, that person inside that that's hurting. So, um, I think a lot of the woes that we have in going on in our nation, particularly right now, is from this kind of hurt. You have people that are hating because they want to feel like they have something and somebody else feels this. What ends up happening is if you can love yourself, then and you can look at yourself and go, well, I didn't really mean to do that or that was a mistake or that wasn't that 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 really wasn't that bad. I was doing the best I could at the time with what I knew. Once you know that, once you know that, which which oftentimes comes with understanding this this power of now, as Eckhart Tolle says, right? If if I'm truly right present at this moment, I I'm not going to I, I'm I'm not going to be thinking about the past. I'm not going to be worried about the future. I'll, I'll be more accepting with myself. So, it, it's it's you you can't love somebody else if you're judging them. And even if you start off judging yourself, you're going to judge the other person. So, that, love is. You know, I, sometimes I think back on my rugby teams, but they heard me talking like that. I'd, I'd be shunned. But yeah. love really is love for yourself, love for other, love for the strangers, love for the earth. I think all those things, mm-hmm. that, that really makes you actually a better business person. 
I truly believe that makes you a better business person. So I, I completely agree. And I think there's just not enough of these conversations going around because, you know, instead of applying hate and frustration and blame and judgment, if we could apply more empathy and love as leaders, I think that the world would be in a, a lot more of a better, better place, you know? So I think that's really, really powerful advice. But it's, it's funny, isn't it? I do think that mindfulness has come a long way I remember when I started to meditate it was still very very new and people like meditation mindfulness what is all this woo woo but it started to now become more mainstream through like beautiful apps like Headspace Calm you know they've done such a fantastic job of like bringing this ancient practice to the western culture so you you spoke something about there that's really important about you know teaching this and and getting like what some kind of pushback do, do you find you get much pushback now when you're uh you know teaching and speaking about this stuff or do, have you found people are more accepting and are, and are more interested now I think people are more interested for sure. And also I think a lot of people that come to me, I mean, my company is called Mindful Leader, right? <laughs> so that Love people, it. when they come, yes, <laughs> when people come to me, oftentimes they already, um, they already know what it's about. So I think it might, there might be a little more uh, reception overall. Uh, when I meet people, you know, like cold calling or some sort of functions. Sometimes people are curious about it, but I don't think I get too much pushback. I think with all the, uh, the hard research being done right now, uh, there's, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of this magic tool that people can use for so many things. So I I think right now it's, it's a good time to be involved in this actually. I completely agree. And you, you wrote a beautiful article on LinkedIn all around like the seven traits of a mindful leader. So I love to go into that now because I think if any, there's any time to become a mindful leader, it is now. But talk to me about some of the traits that, you know, what, if you could describe a mindful leader, you know, what traits would this person have? Um, I, I think if you saw a mindful leader come into a situation, a stress situation, so, you know, whatever it is, there's, you know, the factory assembly line all of a sudden shut down, the restaurant, you know, is backed up and their ticket times are half an hour or whatever. When somebody would walk in that we might identify as a mindful leader, they're going to walk into the situation and one, they're, they're not going to just react in the first person that says something go off, right? They're going to be curious. Um, they're going to be humble. They oftentimes leaders need to have the answer, but we don't live in a day and age anymore where the leaders should be superheroes. The leaders should be leaders of a group. And oftentimes a couple of people will, you know, there's going to be a time and place for a leader to take charge and, and do their thing. And that's okay. But maybe somebody who we'd consider a mindful leader, they're going to be curious. They're going to be humble. They're going to be non-reactive. They're going to be honest. They're going to be transparent. Uh, they're, they're going to present themselves in a way that, um, others can approach them. And, um, if you, if you have those qualities, it's, you know, a lot of people have these qualities naturally. They, they are curious, they are inquisitive, they, they're, they're caring, they're empathetic. Um, sometimes people aren't, sometimes people might have, have those, they, they have them, they feel that, but in the moment, you know, they're so eager to solve the problem. They're not solving the problem 
holistically. They're mm-hmm. putting a band-aid over it. And that's that's really what integrity means, right? Integrity means one, it means whole. And and I think a lot of the problems that we have right now from medicine to you know what's going on in this country right now, people are trying to fix this one problem without kind of identifying whole the, the whole system issue. And um, and I think mindful leaders are a little bit more holistic in that sense. Mm, I completely agree. And that that uh, let's touch upon that whole that wholeness now because I think that you know it, it really is like a mind body connection, isn't it? And I think that you know I've always been a big believer in movement as well. You know I think that when I move my body, I feel good, and it releases obviously dopamine and serotonin. So. In terms of like, I guess your own routines, you mentioned that you meditated for like 30 to 40 minutes every day. Is there anything else that you do that you find helps keep you calm and healthy, especially during this time, any sort of routines that you do on a regular basis? Uh, I like yoga. I, mm-hmm. I do yoga. I, um, I've also got into a habit of sitting a lot. You know, my job isn't moving around where at one time I was in charge of these resorts or, or restaurants and you walk around all the time. Uh, I find myself behind a desk and I actually got one of those apps, those 10,000 step apps. So I'm like always making sure I'm like, you know, people make fun of me when they see me. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to get my steps in. And um, and and I, I feel like that's really important. And I think one of the main things, the, the main reasons is you're, you, you can change from the outside in, from the inside out, and there is a total connection. But how can you be mindful if you're in pain? Mm-hmm. So my back is hurting. You know, I'm, I'm about 6'6", six, six, so when my back hurts, you know, it's hard to get in a position wherever I am. And um, I think having a, having a healthy body allows you to have your, you know, be a little bit more mindful. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about where am I going to stand or step or do I have to bend over? I can think about you. I can think mm-hmm. about what's in front of me in this present moment right now. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I feel like we just sort of go through our day without really feeling our breath, without feeling our body. And um, it's funny you should say yoga. Um, I've, I took yoga up 18 months ago and I always, when I was going through my first mindful journey, I, I, I used to find yoga really slow. I've always been the sort of person that like to get my heart rate up and do really intense exercise. And yoga has been so amazing for me because it really does connect my mind and body like no other exercise or no other movement will. And just taking a few deep breaths, going into the postures, holding them there, it really has taught me a lot about discipline and slowing down. And, and again, listening to my body, you know, because I've always been a big sort of advocate for bit of cardio, a bit of weight training, but I, I love, yeah, I've, I love yoga. I just think it's just such a beautiful practice and something that, yeah, I now do sort of three times a week and I, I absolutely love it. So you do your meditation, your yoga, your 10,000 steps in terms of, I guess, like nutrition and, and other sort of any sort of stress management, anything else that you do that you feel has contributed to your overall, overall well-being and yeah, sense of calm. Uh, I, I did, I have to say, you know, when I found out you invited me in with, through your website, I love your website. I love the, your <laughs> whole you. idea you have going on. Um, but for me, it was, uh, mindful eating. It was, uh, I became a vegetarian and I was unfortunately a vegetarian for 15 years, no longer. 
Um, I, I'm married to a beautiful wife from Croatia who doesn't understand that whole vegetarian thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, we, we eat with a lot of love and a lot of health and making sure our, our foods are organic and non-GMO um, and, and a good balance. I think uh, I was probably a sugar addict for a long time and you know whatever i might have a glass of wine here and there right now but you know i don't sit and drink those beers like i once did so um i i think it's really important and as soon as you as soon as you change your diet as soon as you start changing your diet realize how much that diet had a play in things you know when i eat sugar all the time i'd see all the ups and downs or you know four cups of coffee through the day or you know, actually, you know, when I was drinking a lot, then I wake up in the morning, you know, you couldn't meditate. And as soon as you stop drinking, you're like, oh, my meditation is so much better and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, all the way around, it's just, it's balance. It's, it's, we follow like a Mediterranean diet, actually. So we're just, mm-hmm. you know, very simple, but very colorful food. So. Yeah, it, it really is like when you, when you sort of say it out loud, it's not rocket science, is it? It really is, you know, like if you actually think about, you know, real health, move your body, eat, eat whole healthy foods, you know, eat a variety, eat the rainbow, you know, find time to sit in stillness, you know, become present. But it's, it's actually, it's easier said than done. Like, because I guess like in this world we live in, we've constantly got distractions coming at us, you know, and I, I when, when COVID hit, I made a very conscious effort not to watch the news. I was finding I was like, you know, for the first time in a long time watching the news because I was like, what's going on? I, I probably need to know about what's going on. And it really started to have an impact on my mental health. I could feel myself getting anxious. Oh my God, when am I going to see my family again? I'm in Australia, they're in the UK. And if I had let myself, I could have so quickly gone into this state of panic. And yeah, like I, I'd love to sort of hear your thoughts on like, how how have you coped? How have you helped your clients cope during this time? Is there things that you've said, don't do this, start doing this? Like, yeah, how have you sort of been able to navigate through this really challenging time? That's, that's a really good question. Um, for, <clears throat> for myself, uh, I live out in the middle of the woods in Colorado in the mountains. So, Beautiful. yeah, so that particular... <laughs> Uh, worry is is not in the community people I, I, I live with there so there's a couple of people that could have real serious adverse reactions so we're all careful and it never really affected us on a more of a visceral way um, but we have had uh, people that are around um, in my orbit uh, I do know somebody who got sick back in February and she's still suffering right now um, as far as the, you know, the advice, the news, the news, watching the news, exactly what you said, like I, I watch the news still, it's still one of those things that I have to control, right? Like, okay, I'm not going to watch the news until I do this and this, and then a time limit because I'll get on my feed and read all the news and I got to know what's going on in politics. And, um, it's, it's unhealthy in a way it's, it's good to know a little bit of what's going on. Like you said, like, it's good to know in general what's going on, but I, I really, you know, I, I, I don't need to know what clothes Melania Trump's wearing. I don't, <laughs> you know, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and you really, and what, what ends up happening is when you 
and I credit mindfulness to this, when I'm smart enough not to read the news and a few days go by, you do feel a sense of lightness. Mm -hmm. You feel a sense of um, openness. Um, The news is not popular when it feels good, right? Mm -hmm. It just is not. People read the news because they want to be shocked. They want to know how crazy the world is out there and it gets just weirder and weirder. So I agree with you that staying away from that is a good idea. Um, what's interesting is I've had a, a few clients that have been affected by it, but the way they, you know, they kind of dealt with it in a very mature way and they weren't dealing with a lot of other people. So we didn't have that same problem. One thing that I saw, and this is something as far as leadership goes, if you're leadership specific or if you have a a group of people, um, I had a situation where this leader was trying to be real strong and and she was kind of telling everybody like what they were going to do and what was going to happen. And she came to me and said, well, I just, you know, I said this, but I don't think it's the right thing and blah, blah, blah. And I said, "You, you don't need to have all the answers. This is unprecedented what's going on right now. So just why don't you just talk to your staff Just say, hey, I don't know what's going on right now, but, you know, I, I need your help. What do you guys think? You know, ultimately, the leader has to make the decision, but let them be heard. Let the staff be heard. Let the staff feel like they have input. Even if they don't agree with your decision, they're going to feel better knowing that they felt heard. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's just such amazing advice because I think that as leaders and I've got a team as well and you know when COVID hit people look to you what's going on what's what what's happening how are we not going to navigate through this and you know I had to put my hand up and say I don't know I have never been through anything like this before like you know and and I'm you know I'm sort of looking around and sort of like reading articles and you know researching and there was sort of nothing out there because no one has been through this before and I just think that I just as I said it just we're going to do our very best, you know, like we're going to be honest and transparent, but we don't have all the answers. We don't know when this is going to end. And, you know, we're going to navigate our, our way through this as best that we can. But I think that they appreciated that vulnerability and that honesty. If I'd come and said, it's fine, guys, we've got this. This is totally cool. We're going to, you know, it, it would have, wouldn't have felt right. And, I, and as soon as I don't feel like I'm living in alignment and I'm being authentic and honest, I get very like out of touch with myself. So it was a really and it still is let's let's be honest like we don't know when this is going to end like we have no idea like what's around the corner and you know here in australia at the moment people are on job keeper and that's going to probably end end of the year and then a lot more people are going to probably lose their jobs business are going to go under it's going to be a really dire time like there's no denying that but i think that this is when i guess like the whole mindfulness comes in and it really plays its key part because i think a lot of people attach their whole sense of worth and their whole identity into their jobs and what they do for a living and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff and you know i think when you sort of come from more of an inner place you know you you don't get as flustered and as um as stressed and one thing covid's taught me is that you know everything that i own and stuff could be taken away but one thing that will never be taken away is how i feel about myself so how important is that piece as well like in terms of like not attaching our self-worth into our jobs and our careers and the things and how do you do you help people like i guess pull back that separation a little bit that's 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 very difficult um i think we all stress about that i mean it's our income it's our homes it's our families um 
But at the same time, that's where, where mindfulness actually helps in this is at any given point, you just are where you are, like just that minute. It's in, and oftentimes, no matter how bad a situation is, that second, you're okay. You know, you're, you're okay. And I think if people live in that state of mindfulness as much as possible, and, it, you know, again, it's much easier said than done. But the other thing is, it's about mindset and figuring out like, how am I going? To, how am I going to relate to the world? And if I relate to the world in a in a position of, oh well, I lost my job, um, looks like I haven't paid my house for three months. I don't know what's gonna, you know, there there it could be dire, and you could feel very negative. And 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 if you watch the news on top of that more bad news. It's hard to keep a positive mindset. Concentrate on, on, on the things you can do. And, and the things you can do is you can be present with your family. You can be present with the clerk. You can say kind things to people. You can hold the door open for someone. Instead of concentrating on the things you can't do that leave you powerless, concentrate on the things you can do that gives you your personal power back. And as you change that, I mean, for those of us who believe in the law of attraction, all of a sudden you see yourself being capable rather than incapable. Mm. That is incredible advice i think that's absolutely so beautifully put and i think that's the that's going to be the opening of the podcast i think that's amazing um you you mentioned at the start as well you said a couple of books and you've mentioned um Edgar Tolle, big fan of power of now that's probably the first yeah. book i read that really got me into that the fact that book probably saved me from years of anxiety you know just constantly pulling myself back to the present moment everything here is fine because i think a lot of where my anxiety used to come from was future and it's like, what if this, what if that, what if that? So for people who want to maybe understand more about mindfulness, any good books, any good um, websites or anything like that that people can turn to? There, there are so, there are so many. Um, it, there, there are so many from something as simple as any, almost any website. I, I like, uh, there's an author, if you like nature, Mark Coleman, he writes a, a lot of beautiful uh, books. Uh, Sharon Salzberg, of course, John Kabat-Zinn is one of the first big researchers that taught this. Uh, and of course, you know, there's always on the spiritual side, like Thich Nhat Hanh, um, the Dalai Lama has a book on mindfulness. Uh, so there, there's, there's a, it's ambiquitous, the, the availability of, you know, mindfulness information out there. And most of them are really good. It, and maybe, maybe a, a, something I would like to say here is, there's a lot out there. So if you pick something up and you don't like it, don't give up. Don't, ah, I don't like it. Put it down. Go to the next book. Don't like it. Put it down. Go to the next book. Go to the next website. There's going to be a teacher. There's going to be a book. There's going to be a phrase that resonates with you because all mindfulness is is the opposite of mindlessness. Consciousness, becoming conscious it's just the opposite of staying unconscious. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really like it, it's a natural evolution of us all. You will find the book, you will find the teacher, you will find the website, whatever it is, if you look, because it is part of our true nature, I believe. Mm. And just I guess that leads me on to a beautiful final question is like, how, how would you define mindfulness? Like if someone said to you, Clifton, sum, summarize what what is true mindfulness? It's, it's 
being able to walk into a situation, I think the classic definition is something like being able to walk into a situation with complete awareness without judgment. And, and that's being aware of your intention as you're, you know, walking in, it's being aware of your emotional state. Um, and it's, and it's being completely curious to what's going on rather than walking into a situation with a, a, a prejudice essentially. Wow. Beautiful. And if people want to reach out to you, find out more about you and, and be coached by you, where, where should they go? Uh, you can check me out on LinkedIn. You can check me out at, um, mindfulleader.com. No vowels. I don't like vowels. So it's just (laughs) mdnflldr.com. Um, and then, uh, um, Facebook, Instagram. So I, I think I might be one of the, just, type in Clifton Carmody I might be one of the only Clifton Carmody's out there so okay done well we'll put all of the links in this podcast it's been an absolute honor to have you on and thank you so much thank you and I do want to say that if there is um, anybody who's been affected by COVID in their life any of your listeners um, if they'd like to reach out to me and and share that they saw this uh, newscast I, we do work with people on a sliding scale as as being an inspiring uh, benefit corp so if anybody you know is thinking about they need this they need like a push to go get a job they need you know whatever it is uh, we'll work with people on a on a sliding scale too that's absolutely wonderful thank you so much and yeah anyone who's listening like absolutely reach out because i think now more than ever if we could all become a bit more aware and conscious and mindful then we would definitely be able to navigate our way through this uncertain time that we're living through right now so thank you so much appreciate that and um thank you everyone for listening and i'll speak to you again soon thank you very much thank you Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I really hope you got some great takeaways and key learnings from this episode. To help us spread the message, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We love reading your thoughts and your insights and your learnings. And look, reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Georgie Hubbard. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Georgie L. Hubbard. Let's connect. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon.